In today's e-commerce world, it can be harder than ever to find a good agency to represent your brand on Amazon. Recently, there have been a lot of news stories out there where folks claim to be consultants looking out for your best interests, the seller or the seller's best interests, and in fact, all they were were hucksters. Welcome to the Day 2 Podcast, where we give you the unfiltered truth to launch, grow, and protect your brand on Amazon and beyond. It's tough for an Amazon brand or a new brand or an off Amazon brand who wants to be on the Amazon channel to figure out who a good consultant is, number one, and if they're going to put their best interests in mind. In today's episode, we'll be talking about these 10 red flags to be aware of when hiring an Amazon agency or a consultant, so stay tuned. I'm Jason Boyce, founder and CEO of Avenue 7 Media, co-author of the Amazon Jungle and host of the Day 2 Podcast. And with me today, my partner in crime, Shannon Roddy, Amazon strategist, educator, business development lead for Avenue 7 Media. Shannon, boy, there's been a lot of news lately. And I just cringe every time I read these stories. What have you seen and, and, and what's happening? Well, I mean, I feel like it's a good thing. You know, to some extent, it seems like from the industry, there's sort of a ceiling caving in. But the good news is right now it's caving in on the right people. It's caving on people who lied to their clients who have broken the law. And for that, I'm very thankful. I'm also very sad and disheartened at, at the people who were taken in by those individuals or agencies or organizations, because I know that they lost a lot as well. Um, and so that that part is really heartbreaking, but it kind of feels like, you know, Hollywood a few years ago, it's like one scandal broke and it just cascaded. It's like, you know, I, I feel like in the last, really honestly, Jason, in the last six to eight months, the FTC has really gotten on to Amazon and not just Amazon itself, I'm not talking about Amazon itself, but people who try to manipulate the Amazon platform or dupe consumers around the Amazon platform. And I'm very, very thankful for that. I, I feel like they've been a little more on their A game and I'm I'm all for it. I, I'm very appreciative of that. I totally agree. And no matter which side of the aisle on you're on and what whatever your personal feelings may be with the FTC chair, Lena Khan, I mean, you got to admit they're looking out for folks. And the most yeah. recent... One of the most recent articles came out about the FTC taking action against Kevin David, Kevin David Hulse from pitching phony Amazon and crypto money making schemes. It's like, you know, it's really important not only to look out for consumers from the FTC's perspective, but I think a lot of times people forget, Shannon, that Amazon brands or, or product brands who are selling on the Amazon platform or selling to Amazon are also customers. Right. Mm -hmm. They're also customers of the Amazon platform. And so you got, they're looking out for both. And I totally agree with you. It is a welcome change for many, many years, you know, since long before I started in the Amazon game, Shannon, I feel like the FTC has really been sort of asleep at the wheel. There's a, there's a new awakening happening at the FTC. And I think it's welcome. I'm really excited about today's episode. We, we put this together specifically, you know, we had a conversation last week. Some of these articles were part of the inspiration for it. But also, Jason, there's been a little bit of a shift culturally that I've noticed, you know, yeah. as sort of the main person who takes the majority of our initial biz dev calls at Av7 uh, when a client wants to work with us. And I'm starting to hear the same things and the things that I'm hearing are starting to concern me. And so we've, we've sort of outlined this episode of the top 10 red flags that brands and sellers or vendors, you know, wherever you're selling, need to be aware of when hiring an agency or a consultant. And the first one, Jason, is that they promise you that they'll get specific results. And before before we dive into that, the reason this came up and it's number one is I would have a client say, okay, you know, I've learned about your services. Here's, you know, your little background about my brand. 
And then they'd say, we want to know exactly what sales we can achieve in a six or 12 month period. And I just, you know, without doing the analysis or anything, I say, we can't give you a guarantee. And they go, oh, well, the last three agencies I talked to, they all guaranteed exactly what they can achieve for me in a specific time period. And that to me is like a very big red flag, but I'm curious to get your take on if somebody, you know, comes to you or if you go to somebody and are looking for service and they promise you that they will get very specific results. Why is that a red flag in your mind? Clients like to have this question answered a lot. Who wouldn't, right? Yeah. Who wouldn't? And you know, I'm reminded wall. of- it's, a crystal, it's the perfect crystal wall for the future yeah. of my business. Yeah. And many times when they ask me, Shannon, I say, I'd like to know that too. Um, and we have a methodology for giving you some solid estimates, but it really depends on you. You have key dependencies that you have to bring to the table. You have to be willing to adjust. You have to understand that there's rivals out there and, and, and you have to pay attention to them and continue to up your game in terms of your value proposition and your product. But you also have to look at the market size. And so I, before I dive into too much detail on this, Shannon, I'm always reminded of those commercials. You know, you, you mentioning this, number one, a reminder of those TV commercials for stock investors and investment companies. There's always that disclaimer at the end that says, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> past performance is not an indicator of future performance, right? <laughs> right. And so and they have to put that in there because what they're admitting in that statement, it, first of all, it makes them within the bounds of the FTC, but it also helps people understand you are in a risk concern, a going concern that has risk. The reason why you're willing to accept this risk is because there can be tremendous reward by giving this risk. And so there's no silver bullet. There's no silver bullet. Anyone that can come in there and say, we're going to take you from a zero to a million in six months time is lying to you. What you can do is what we do is say, look, you have a very interesting category. Your product looks very differentiated. On Amazon, using some scraping tools, we've determined that your subcategory is a very big one and it's growing. It's doing 100 million a year or it's doing 50 million a year and it's up 25%. That bodes well. That says, okay, you're in a good spot. You're in a good market. There's a lot of Amazon shoppers buying this. And then you have to do all of the other seven avenues, right? Shannon, you got to do all the other stuff to help them win, but there's no guarantee. I'll give you another example. Um, you know, we had a, a really smart client, uh, PE backed, came to us with a product that was doing really well on Amazon. Overnight, some Chinese competitors came in, up the game, added an app to this product. Our client couldn't add the app to the product and they got beat. Overnight, they lost business because a rival came out of nowhere and basically kneecapped them. Now, they're super smart and they're in the middle of a super smart pivot right now, but those things happen. And mm -hmm. it's hard to communicate that when somebody wants to know specific results, but it's a really red flag. Shannon, if someone says, oh yeah, I can nail that for you. They're not telling you, they're not being yeah. honest with you, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and when I did Amazon coaching and, and sold courses, previous lender marketplace seller courses before joining Avenue 7, you'd see courses out there and they would promise things like, we can guarantee page one results. That is just the biggest red flag ever because it is an algorithm that you do not have proprietary access to. And anybody who says they can guarantee that, I mean, first of all, say you have two competitor products, you bring them both together at the same time, both sign with a course or an agency that guaranteed page one, right? It's like, <laughs> you just you you just can't guarantee that. Um, you know, we're, we're going to guarantee you X, Y, Z. And they're understanding what is within your control 
as an agency or consultant or managed service provider and understand what is in the control of the brand owner. And then lastly, understanding what is in the control of Amazon is so important. There are three parties that work in that relationship. And for you to guarantee an outcome that is dependent and reliant on all three is bull. You know, yeah, it's BS. Really is. It's complete. Not only is it a lie, but it also opens up your business to liability. And, you know, if they're using fake URLs, which that's dropping keywords in it, or they're paying for reviews and sales in order to pump up the revenue, those are all clearly stated in Amazon that they're, they're violations of the terms of service. If Amazon doesn't find you in week one or week two, guess what? They're going to find you by year one or year two. And then all of that hard work that you put in will evaporate in front of your very eyes. So this is the part that really pisses me off about agency, Shannon, is when they, they pitch this stuff that's too good to be true, right? Mama always taught me if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Um, but if it's too good to be true, but also it's not just that. You may get some short-term gain, but you're, you're jeopardizing your entire business long-term. Just keep in mind that you're not just breaking Amazon's terms of service. You're also breaking the law. I mean, the FTC is very clear on those issues and you've got you to be careful for both. If you want your business to be in business for a long time, you got to play by the rules, you know? Yeah. Forget about losing your business. How about putting on a, you know, an orange jumpsuit? <laughs> you know, let's not do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, Shannon is... You know, a lot of times um, I'm hearing rumors about agencies who will create projections and forecasts. They're not presenting them as pro formas. They're presenting them as gospel. But more importantly, they're not really based on any real data. There's been no market research analysis. There's been no analysis of what the average cost per click is in their given categories with their top competitors. And they haven't used real data to put together a pro forma or a projection that has any basis in reality. Have you been asked for this sort of thing uh, from from clients lately? All, all all the time. I mean, I was asked by a client this morning. He said, "I want to know what I can do in six months." And you know, again, that's great, but we haven't looked at any of those things yet. Now, it is a little bit easier if a client is on Amazon, right? So there's some sales history, there's some unit session percentage data. We can look at the advertising, and and oftentimes, Jason, if they're coming to us those things are either a mess or subpar, meaning we say, here's your current conversion rate. We can make it better using the av seven methodology. Right. Here's your advertising. It's all over the place. We can cut out this wasted ad spend. We can double down on these keywords. We can organize it in our sort of, again, sort of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say proprietary, but sort of our, our developed best in class standard for advertising, and we can make it better but we won't even know what the capabilities are until after we've done that and made those changes. And then we'll be able to give you that, you know, 12 month projection and performance. So right. again, I've seen people, this is very concerning. We'll have clients email our account manager, say somebody pitched this to me. They sent over this really impressive looking deck with lots of numbers and all your competitors and a lot of with a lot of uh, green check marks and red X's showing all the things that your competitors are doing that you're not doing and you're missing out. And it's all FOMO. It's all designed to incite that fear of missing out. Look at all these things my you know, my 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 competitors are doing and I'm not doing those and my agency is isn't doing those. You're you know, I, I remember looking at over one of these probably a couple months ago, and I looked through all the keywords that they said you're not advertising on. I'm like, those are junk keywords that have nothing to do with our client's brand and product. And so again, there's this sort of element of pulling some market data, but 
it's really just a cold pitch. They have not actually analyzed that data in any type of relevant context. And, you know, for some clients who come on who want a more in-depth analysis, we perform a very in-depth market opportunity analysis for a, a fee. And, and that, I mean, we really get into the numbers, but we are still not making promises. We let them know this is our, these are estimates and projections because there are certain things that we just don't know until we fully lay the foundation and drive traffic using the Av7 playbooks. I love it. Uh, what do you got for number three, Shannon? Okay, Jason, number three is your prices are suspiciously low. So the Asian price, the structure, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we get this all the time. Somebody comes in and says, well, I just talked to the agency and they said they can do it for this. And what do we what do we tell them? I mean, what, what is that when somebody says, yeah, I just talked to this other agency and they can do it for less than half or a fraction of what you guys can might be a red flag. Yeah. Well, we typically say, you know, you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we, we've talked about this a lot throughout the po- podcast episodes over, over the last year, Shannon, is there was a time selling on Amazon. It was a long time ago where you could hire a kid out of college and make them your Amazon expert over time. But those days are over. You know, we've got 10 to 14 different departments. If it's, you know, it's more than that if you start breaking them out by sub-department because there's so much that goes into success on Amazon because there's 2 billion products and there's millions of sellers and they all are fighting for half of the online market share in the United States, which is, you know, the full market is, it crossed over a trillion last year and, and about, you know, more than half of that is going to Amazon. So they're all fighting for that share and you have to do a lot. If the price is low, uh, you're probably getting what you're paying for. You know, low quality, low results, and um, and low sales. This is what I had a hard time with as I was thinking through this question, Jason. There is an exception, and and, and the exception is there are companies that can charge a premium and just under deliver. Then it becomes even more challenging because people go, "Well, I went with a premium service provider who I thought was a premium service provider." And man, I just didn't get results either. And so I think that it's, you're probably less likely to have that be the case. I've seen people more often get burned by going with the cheaper, going the cheaper route, which from an opportunity cost is usually way more expensive. Or, you know, as we kind of alluded to earlier, if somebody actually does something bad, it may be more work and be more expensive to kind of undo what they did. I mean, we've seen that as well. We've got clients who came on board their previous agency screwed up their SKUs, their UPC codes, their images, got the products flagged on Amazon, got their account shut down. I mean, you name it. So the opportunity cost is is high. But at the same time, unfortunately, with glossy brochures, people can sell anything. And I think sometimes, sometimes you just have to find out. You find out afterwards, but you got to make a change quickly when you realize, yeah, something's clearly amiss here. Totally. Number four. They haven't worked with clients in your industry. So this is an interesting one, Shannon. So I think Amazon is unique in Uh that the core infrastructure that supports selling on Amazon is the same across most all categories with the exception of maybe books, right? Books is kind of its own thing. And if you're selling a hard good widget that, that, you know, is not necessarily a repeat buy item by a consumer, you know, you're probably okay if the agency has sold tennis rackets on one hand and yep. then beauty mirrors on the other hand. Two wildly different categories, but I think the core 
if you can sell one, you can probably sell the other. You know, I think I think there's a good case there. There are some categories, and I'd love to get your take on this, Shannon, that I think are unique. Food, selling food on Amazon is a very different and unique category. So highly recommend if you're going to sell food on Amazon, find somebody who's got experience doing that. Clothing is another one. Clothing and yeah. beauty are tricky. Uh, clothing especially. Clothing is a real challenging category as a seller, especially because of the high return rates. And so it's helpful for agencies to know that space really well and understand the challenges that come with it, especially on Amazon. That's not too yeah. clean on a new fashion item every quarter. They like the power of the algorithm and keeping that same listing over and over again. So I think there's some exceptions to this one, Shannon. But Yeah, I uh, agree. What, what do you think? Yeah, supplements was what came to mind for me because it's such a challenging category. It's such a difficult category. And when you look at the ad spend and the level of competition and aggression, you know, if if you had, for example, an agency or managed service provider and a, you know, getting pitched by a by a supplement company, and they say, well, most of our clients were able to, you know, achieve a 15% tacos, right? A total acquired cost of sale. And they take on a supplement brand, they're about to get slaughtered. Right? Because very few supplement companies can survive on a 15% media efficiency rate. It's just not it's just not, you know, on par with the category. So I agree that there are some categories, like you said, where it varies more and where it's more important that you have somebody who sort of understands the nuances of that category. But I would say you're absolutely right. It's better to look at it from a standpoint of, but does that company understand Amazon? Because in this game, it's more important to understand Amazon than the specific product. What we do, I look at our, our team as translators. We take the beauty and the essence of your brand, we translate that to Amazon and we run our playbooks. And we understand that there's going to be variances based on the category and where you are in the launch cycle, right? You just launched or you sort of established or your legacy, right? So there's always going to be those differences. But take, for example, an innovative product. I don't care what category the innovative product is. The playbook for launching and growing an innovative product on Amazon is unique. And it's more important that people say, have you launched other innovative products? Then have you launched another innovative product or another product in my category? And so Great point. You know, the, the call I had this morning was very much, have you worked with other people in the category? I said, yes, and we can share those results, but it's actually much more important that we understand Amazon and how to do a new launch on Amazon than having worked with a specific client or multiple clients in that specific category. Any any thoughts on that before we jump to the next question? No, I love that one. It's great because uh, you're absolutely right. If this consumer doesn't know to do the search for the product because it's so innovative, in other words, there's a problem out there that they don't know there's a solution for, that's a mm -hmm. very different scenario than a well-known brand that's done well in brick and mortar stores forever that everyone knows about, that everyone already has a specific customer base and um, you know is relatively easy to gain scale quickly. Right. Um, yeah. On the innovative ones, it takes a different playbook. And I think that's a really great call out, Shannon. All right. Number five, they have a slow response time. <laughs> you know, if you just find people aren't getting back to you or it's not clear, the communication isn't clear, you don't understand what the next steps are. That can be really confusing and challenging, but could also be a red flag. What, what are you, what's your take on that? Oh, I'm feeling kind of guilty because I get emails all the time that I have a slow response time because I got so much in my inbox right now, Shannon. But, <laughs> but aside from that, no, the slow response time, and I think even more so if your question is not getting answered appropriately. Not only is it a slow response time, but the answer to your question is not the answer you are asking or looking for, and there's no willingness to work with you 
and put you, the client, first, I think that's a double whammy there. Slow response time is is definitely a red flag. It could mean that the agency's overwhelmed and they can't get to it. That's not good. It could mean that they've got their over capacity. It could mean that they just don't have the right culture and, and client-centric processes in place that require a faster response time. So it's a really good call out. That should definitely be a red flag. Yeah, agreed. Okay. So the next one is lack of proof or case studies. This is always good. I mean, look, Shannon, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword too. It totally is a double-edged sword. <laughs> I know that there's plenty of BS case studies out there, right? We talked about one okay. lawsuit that the FTC has filed against a guy who's making oh, yeah. fake reviews and BS case studies, Kevin David Hulse. Is David Hulse his last name? I don't know. Kevin David. You know, you have to look at anything that you read on the internet with an eye towards skepticism. Like, is this a real client? You know, you can always double check that and, and be willing to reach out to the, the the brand and ask the agency if you could talk to some of those case studies. Or, you know, it's also important to work with companies that have a good reputation in the space, I think. So case studies yeah. are really important. We've got 25 in the queue that we need to create ourselves, Shannon, that we need to get live and done, but we're too busy working on clients to get to them. So definitely important. At the core of this red flag, you want to be able to see the trust sides that you can trust the state, right? Yeah, I agree. It is 100% a double-edged sword because there are probably competitors out there that have potentially better case, I'm not going to lie, better case studies than we do at Av7 that just look better that promise better results, but they're not going to be able to deliver those for the client that they're sending them to. I mean, just to be completely honest. And so I think there's there's that aspect. One of the things that we do that's really helpful is we pull our overall clients from a category standpoint, because we believe in one thing, profitable growth. That's what every client, brand, seller, vendor needs in order to be sustainable as a business on and off Amazon. And so fo- focusing on profitable growth and then being able to break that down from a category standpoint is really exciting. Because we can kind of say, look, yes, we can play in all these different sandboxes. But I think there's been companies that, you know, have been fleeced by a really nice looking case study, but to not have any is is probably a red flag. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The next one is poor client retention. This was interesting, Jason, because there's a, a an agency out there, pretty well known. And I was talking to somebody who had worked with them, just having an offhand conversation with the the, the founder. And they said, you know, it blew my mind. I was talking to them the other day and they said their average retention for clients is seven months. And not only could they not believe it, but I couldn't believe it. And it was just like from everything that you saw, again, from case studies, from social media, from the website, everything they were doing sort of from a public facing standpoint and promotion, you'd think that they were just crushing it, you know, week over week, month over month and year over year for clients. But the fact that the majority of their clients left them after seven months huge red flag. And again, somebody's not going to put that on their website, but you can ask them, you know, ask, find out what is the average retention rate of your clients? What are some of the longest clients that you've had? Uh, I think we've got clients that started with you in the beginning when you launched the agency back in 2019 and they're still with us. That's a really good sign. When there's a lot of other options out there, it's really, really important to know that you're picking a managed service provider and agency that is going to not only be there for a long time, but be there for you for a long time. Yeah, I'm nothing more to add to that. That's a really good (laughs) one. Uh, Client retention, if if the agency is only holding on to client. And and for those of you who don't know the Amazon game necessarily, 
if you don't have a big team, six, seven in-house people with experience on Amazon, it's really hard for you to maintain and grow in face of the competition on Amazon, right? And so if a brand hires an agency and then they fire them after seven months, it's likely that they're going to another agency after seven months. It's not like yeah. you can do all the work for seven months and now it's set it and forget it on Amazon. Amazon just doesn't work that way. You really need a partner or you need a big team that's a big experienced team in-house in order to manage all this, these, these ups and downs of the Amazon game. So- out seven months. You can't have, how do you have a business that way, Shane? I don't know. You have to have a lot of inbound marketing. Yeah. Jason, I want to throw something out there because I think it's important as sort of a caveat. And we're going to do a whole episode on this because I want to do, you know, a whole episode on how to be an ideal client. You want to be successful. It's not just about the agency. There's a client responsibility of key dependencies here, but we've seen two scenarios, Jason, and sadly, we've seen them both. And quite often, number one is they go, we've been through agency after agency after agency, and all of them, every single one, overpromised, underdelivered, and we're maybe their third or fourth agency in a couple years, and that's really heartbreaking. And we're, you know, we have to sort of gently coax them and say, we're going to take care of you, you know, we're going to be able to help you. And I know that you heard a lot of, uh, you know, fluff from other agencies, but you know, we're going to hold your hand, we're going to walk through, and we're going to execute our playbooks to take care of you. And they're able to, you know, a majority of those clients, they're able to have a really great experience with us. There are, however, sometimes, Jason, where a client comes up and they go, they say, I've hired this contractor and this agency and this agency and this person, and nobody's been able to help me. And the reality is you can't be helped. You could get the best agency or the best contractor or consultant in the world, and you can't be helped because your product sucks. It doesn't have a market. There's no branding. There's no messaging. Nobody wants it. I mean, regardless of what the core issue is, there's sometimes where it's not the agency's fault. And I just want to put that out there because I've seen that. And I think it's important sometimes. It's not enough to say, well, all the agencies out there suck. It's what, where do I need to, as you like to say, grip the mirror and figure out what I need to do differently to make this thing work. Good use of grip the mirror. Cause that, that's what it comes down to really. I mean, I had one of these conversations with the brand um, recently and we've done everything, best practices, plus, plus, plus. But at the end of the day, the Amazon shoppers in the face of great impressions, great clicks are not adding to cart. And the Amazon shopper saying, there's a better product that serves my need. And until you address that, I'm not buying from you. And so, look, I, I, I also think, you know, we talked about this as key dependencies in order to grow on Amazon. But I got to tell you, Shannon, those key dependencies work on every digital sales channel, the basics. Are you in stock? Yeah. If you're not staying in stock, you can't have real success. What does your product look like? You know, are you allowing others to come in and undercut your price and attach to your listings? Are you um, are you getting suppressed because you don't have a good pricing parity strategy and Amazon's punishing you and there's a result? You know, let's talk about this. What, what do your product ratings look like? When an Amazon shopper gets this, are they raving about it? Or is it a three and a half stars? Because three and a half stars doesn't work on Amazon. It's, you know, if you're not at four stars or more, you will get deprecated on the search results page. And it's just, it's just the way it, that's just the way it works. So I think yep. it's a really good point. I, I'm looking forward to that. It's, I think it's on some level, it may be key dependencies from our perspective, Shannon, to be able to have success with an agency partner or managed service provider partner. But I think it's also just sort of best practices for business in the digital age too. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number eight, they don't ask about your challenges 
they only sell their services. Why is that a red flag? Well, you know, this is like going out on a date, right? Uh, <laughs> and you go out on a date and the other person only talks about themselves the entire date. I don't know what I'm Sorry. talking about. I've been married for 13 years since. I'm, I'm been <laughs> but, you know, that's a red flag, right? You go out, <laughs> yeah. you have a nice meal and all this person talks about is themselves. Doesn't ask you a single question about you and your business or you as a person, <laughs> that is a huge red flag. You're not getting a second date <laughs> yeah. after that, right? So uh, you you probably don't want a second date after that. <laughs> I've, I've been married. I've been married for 15 years, and I did date somebody one time, and that was little. They literally sat down and talked about talked about themselves for two and a half hours, and never called me back. And in hindsight, I was very very thankful. But but there's just an element where, you know. If somebody doesn't understand you, it's not a partnership. I mean, kind of using the dating metaphor to really be successful, you got to have a true partnership where you're relying on each other, you're sharing information with each other, you're trusting each other. And if you don't have that, it's never going to work. And so, you know, somebody who only shares their services and what they can do and doesn't ask you anything about your brand and the background and how it started and what your challenges and experiences have been on Amazon so far, that's, yeah, that to me is a pretty... Pretty big red flag. Yeah. Come, coming towards the end here. Number nine, Shannon, the agency relies on outsourcing instead of in-house talent. I'm guessing you've run across this in some of your conversations. A lot. And you know, one of the clients that I talked to last week, they said it was really challenging because I felt like once I got to this aspect of the business, it was a black box that I could never actually, you know, it just removes direct access. You never get to actually talk to those people working on that aspect of your client you know, account, whether it's, you know, advertising or performance or compliance or catalog, et cetera. And, and that's a challenge. But I think there's also elements where without the employee relationship, there's certain things that you just don't have control over. You don't have the ability to really bring somebody into your culture and make sure that they're a good fit for the culture. Yeah. You don't have the ability to sufficiently train people. You're relying on their own sort of prior education or self-education and I just, you know, as an Amazon educator, I've just not seen that work because I've seen people who go, well, I've got this many years of experience, but it doesn't mean that it's good experience. As, uh, you know, a thought leader, Andy Stanley says, he says, you know, experience doesn't make you better. It only makes you older. Only evaluated experience makes you better. At Av7, you know, one of the things that we have as part of our culture is the ability to hold each other accountable to a very high degree in order to keep always, you know, to always be getting better. And so I think we're just with contractors and stuff, you just don't have the ability to control the response time. You don't have the ability to control the conversation. Like I said, there's a lot of unknowns even for the agency, even fewer, or I should say even more unknowns for the brand owner working with that agency. And it's just hard to manage. No, hundred percent. And then look, I think in theory, there are likely some consultants out there who have very good contractor networks that they can depend on today. I think it's really hard to do. And I never really tried that as an agency. I tried to just be a consultant without referencing or referring out first. And I was terrible at that, Shannon. It's well chronicled now <laughs> because, because the brand could were too busy with other stuff and they couldn't get the work done on their own. But I do think that there are some consultants out there, but it's a very hard thing to do. It's much easier, as you said, to work with an in-house team, uh, an agency that has an in-house team, they're all rowing in the same direction. They're all focused on the same goal, which is you, your client, the client's growth, right? You know, it's a really good point. It's hard to, it's hard sometimes to shake that out too, but I, I can just say, you know, at the risk of 
this sounding too much like an F7 commercial, which is not our intent, folks. Our intent is to give you our frame of reference as an agency um, and as sellers, uh, but also to help you when you're looking for an agency to help support your business. But ultimately, it's hard to find out if it, if it's an in-house or uh, outsourced client, but it's worth asking the question and you know, finding a good agency with a good culture and the right alignment who listens and understands your concerns and can address them is a much better way to go. Yeah, you've got to be able to orchestrate all those people. I mean, I love what you said about rowing in the same direction. You can't orchestrate if you can't control that. You know, people are like off working on other projects and stuff. There's no ability to prioritize and create alignment for your clients. And I think that's really key. That, that's a great point to double down on. How many times do we have cross-team communications going on? Copy, SEO. All the time. <laughs> I, I mean, Non-stop. community posts. You're like, we want to get more SEO for this. We talked to the customer service people. Let's make sure when we answer the next question, we drop in some keywords. I mean, you, it's hard if the consultant has six, seven, eight different outsourced companies that they refer you out to for those folks to communicate with each other. Much easier to happen under one tent. Yeah, agreed. All right, number 10. Bring us home, Shannon. Number 10. Yeah, they don't take time to vet you as a client and gain alignment. And so this is a little bit of turning the tables. You know, it's sort of like what I see adjacent is sort of that, not a level of desperation, but basically like we'll take anybody, we'll work with anybody. And that's a problem. That should be a red flag if people are willing to work with anybody and don't have a set standard of the types of clients that they know that they can help, that they can deliver true value to. But I want to hear your take on it. I think there's another way to look at this one, Shannon, is if the agency person is telling you everything that you want to hear and not telling you any uncomfortable truths, then you know it's, it's, it's tough to know if they're out for your best interests, right? I mean, this is one that's hard for us to do. It's not easy to tell people their baby's ugly when it talks about a product, right? But I think, I think if you find a managed service partner or an agency or points of contacts who call you out, seller, vendor, for things that you could be doing better for your own success, then I think that's a true partner. You know, we talked about this while we were together with our leadership team in Vegas, Shannon, is there's no better kindness than helping someone understand where they're not quite right, right? Where they're off a little bit, where they need some help and they need some support. There's no better kindness than telling people and correcting a misperception that they may have about themselves their business in this case, et cetera. If you've got somebody on the phone or on the Zoom or God knows whatever other video call you're on and they're starting to push you a little bit and call you out for stuff that you could be doing better, that's a good sign, right? And if they're not doing that and they're saying, oh, you're so smart, everything you're saying is 100% right, on this Amazon channel especially, mm, I'm not so sure because unless this is your full-time job, it's hard to know the Amazon game. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be a jerk about it. And if somebody is being a jerk, from a culture standpoint, hey, pay attention. I, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I think this was Oprah Winfrey and she stole from somebody else. When people show you who they are, believe them. And look, it's true. It's true in agency partners. It's true in relationships. Uh, it's true in business partnerships. When somebody shows you who they are, stop making excuses for them and and you know trying to cover up and just wash over it. Really take it to heart and see what the issue is. But but I think you're absolutely right. One of my best calls that I had last week was with a client. To be honest, Jason, they were not an ideal client. And I took the time to walk them through and I said, look, 
what you guys are proposing to pay an agency and what you're hoping to spend in ads to generate the revenue that you're hoping for is never going to happen. It is never going to happen. And I'm not willing to take your money for six months, you know, and sort of lowball it and and pretend. And then after the you know six months is over, be like, sorry, we couldn't achieve the results. It was really a, an adjusting of a mindset. And we find like we have to do that a lot with clients, especially, you sure. know, we work a lot with B2B brands who are making a pivot to to D2C. And we've got to walk them through that mindset transition. And it's a lot of fun. It's it's sort of a challenge that I think we enjoy doing as a team um, because we're really good at it. And we're really great at the results that we can deliver when a business pivots from B2B to you know direct to consumer. But they were very, very grateful. They said, thank you so much. This is one of our best calls that we've had. Even though I was telling them, this will never work. We're not a good fit for you. And I think that's the kind of honesty that you're talking about. No, I mean that, you know, we're, we're talking about these 10 red flags, right? What you just described, Shannon, is a green flag in my mind. That's a green flag that says, look, I, I really care about you, seller, and I care about your business. We're not a good fit. Here's why, right? So I, I think that's a great example. And, um, you know, Shannon, great job putting this list together of 10 things and the red flags. I'm going to go through this list, Shannon, of 10 red flags, right? I think you did a great job laying these out and it's been fun discussing these. When I say they, by the way, we're talking about a managed service provider, an Amazon agency, or an Amazon consultant. Number one, they promise you that you'll get specific results instead of looking at estimates based on real facts. Number two, they create projections and forecasts that are just kind of pulled out of thin air without any real market data basis or real data to support it. Number three, their fees are really, really low. <laughs> and you know our response to that is you get what you pay for. And this game can't be done by a person anymore. You need a team of experienced operators. And you can build that team in-house for sure, but if somebody's coming in here at a ridiculously low fee, it's kind of a red flag. Number four, they haven't worked with clients in your industry. And we talked about that and we unpacked that a little bit. If you're in hard goods, you can probably cross industries relatively easy. Some of those tricky ones like CPG, like supplements, uh, clothing, uh, jewelry, those things require a little bit of, of different knowledge. Number five, they have a slow response time. I think your last Oprah quote, boy, you dug into the archives with the Oprah quote, uh, Shannon, that's a good one. But, <laughs> you know, if someone's responding slow to you, listen to what they're telling you. That's a red flag. They lack proof of case studies. Like, you, you know, we really need to see that you've done this before. My biggest case study when I first started the agency was I did this for 17 years. I became a top 200 seller. I know how to do this, right? Uh, that was a really good case study. Number seven, they have poor client retention. Uh, ask them, ask an agency, how long have you, what, you know, how long on average do you keep your client before they move on to doing it themselves or moving, moving on to an, in another direction? Seven months, that's not good. <laughs> Number eight, they don't ask about your challenges. They only sell your services. If this, if you're dating this person and this person spends the entire hour and a half talking about themselves and doesn't ask you anything about you, that is a red flag in life as well as Amazon agencies. Number nine, <laughs> they rely on outsourcing instead of in-house talent. And number 10, they don't take the time to vet you as a client. They don't have the moral courage to tell you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. Shin, great list. Thanks, Jason. Well, as they say, amateurs borrow professional steel. So <laughs> if you Google some of these top 10 red flags, you might notice some similar similarities out there uh, uh, across the internet, uh, the swath of the internet. But you know, it's all about sort of cherry picking ones that were relevant for us and then adding our own and tweaking. But 
But it's true. These these are important red flags. And and I think the exciting thing about this is if you can pay attention to this, and, and again, a thought leader that I follow said this best, pay attention to the tension. When there's a tension there that doesn't seem right, pay attention to that and work through that before you make a decision. But Jason, I think honestly to encapsulate all this, and I think the article that you referenced at the beginning is absolutely true. If people are promising something and it seems too good to be true, it probably is. That's right. That's right. Folks, in the final analysis, hopefully this wasn't too much of a commercial for Avenue 7 Media, but hey, we have our context and we wanted to add it and help you guys understand what to look for in a good agency. We'd love to have your business, but also if you're going to go and work with somebody else, make sure that none of these red flags pop up. If you're looking for a reputable agency that you can trust, that has the case studies, that has the background, you've got to know what to look for and the red flags that are waving and telling you to run the other way. If you're ready to start growing and protecting your brand on Amazon with a team of experienced Amazon operators, you can visit us at day2podcast.com. That's day, the number two, podcast.com. And lastly, if you have any questions or would like to request topics to be discussed on future episodes, Leave them in the comments or in your review. As always, thank you for listening and happy selling.